Hi guys, my name is Presley Jacobson, and I just wanted to say welcome to my podcast. Today we will be talking about something called the Trail of Tears, or the Indian Removal Act. This is in fact a very dense and a very sad topic that has been overlooked for many years. I think that it is one of history's most important issues, and I think you'll feel the same way at the end of this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into some history! White Americans who lived on the western frontier were afraid of the Native Americans that they encountered at the time. They called them an alien species, as they were obviously unfamiliar with the Native Americans who had been living there prior to the new settlers. The settlers also believed that they deserved the land that was originally claimed by the Native Americans, so you can kind of see where some issues would arise from that situation. That is almost as if someone were to come into your house, or even your neighborhood, and tell you that you could either learn to live like them, or leave immediately, which is basically what the Native Americans were being told. George Washington believed that the best way to solve the Indian problem was to civilize the Native Americans, meaning they could encourage them to convert to Christianity, teach them how to speak and read English, and more importantly, help them adopt a European style of living. This meant that they could learn how to own their own land, legally, I guess, and in that case, in the South, they could own slaves if they wished to. Something that has been mistaken by many people is that it wasn't just the Cherokee people who were involved in the Indian Removal Act. In the southeastern United States, many Choctaw, Chickasaw, Seminole, Creek, and Cherokee people were affected. However, many Native Americans of these tribes learned to embrace these new customs and later became known as the Five Civilized Tribes. But their land, located in various parts of Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, Florida, and Tennessee, was very valuable, especially to the new white settlers who flooded the region. Many of these white Americans saw an opportunity to make their fortunes by growing cotton. They did whatever they felt was necessary to take that land from the Native Americans, even taking it to extreme measures. They stole livestock, burned many houses in nearby towns, committed mass murder, and eventually started to claim that land was rightfully theirs. Andrew Jackson was partly known for being an advocate for what he called Indian removal. He was an army general who spent years leading brutal campaigns that resulted in the transfer of hundreds of thousands of acres of land from Indian natives to white farmers. When he became president, this did not stop. In 1830, he signed the Indian Removal Act, giving the federal government the power to exchange the native-held land for land in the West, and also called the Indian Colonization Zone. With me today is Charlie Spray. He's a professor here at Montana State University and teaches Native American studies. I'm going to ask him a few questions about how he feels about the Trail of Tears and the different ways it has impacted our society today. All right, Charlie, my first question is, would you consider the Trail of Tears to be somewhat of a forgotten history? And why don't you think younger students are learning more about this? Um, yeah, good question, actually. Um, it is a forgotten history. It's gotten better in the last uh, 20 years probably had this discussion with somebody earlier today that if you say trail of tears to most people i think in america they'll at least have heard the term and they'll know it has something probably to do with indians but that's kind of where it stops it wasn't until just um, a few years ago that this part of the trail was designated as a historical route and landmarks and those kind of things Um, The reason, I think, um, from an American studies standpoint, um, it really kind of attacks that narrative of land of the free, home of the brave, um, that manifest destiny, 
um, especially when you understand what happened, you know, or how it happened. And, and it, it was basically today we would have said it was ethnic cleansing of a, of a minority group. Um, and yet in that day, that term wasn't even being used um, and everything. And I think that's largely part of it. it. It's the same narrative about Columbus, Thanksgiving Day, Pocahontas, all those um, Native American stereotype myths that they've been around for so long that people just, you know, the Trail of Tears, people obviously kind of think it's probably something negative, but they don't know what really happened. And that's where the story is. All right, so my next question is, how did the Trail of Tears affect the Native Americans at the time, and how is it still affecting them today? Well, I mean, the effect that it had um, on the five civilized tribes that were removed, it wasn't just the Cherokee. Um, and that's another myth. Um, you know, there was <clears throat> the Creek and the Chickasaw, uh, Seminole, um, the Choctaw were also removed during that time period. Um, and so, yeah, um, over 8,000 Cherokees alone died. Um, uh, it split the Cherokee Nation in two. There's an eastern band of some Cherokees that were able to stay. Some of them hid. Some of them were on private property, kind of in a unique relationship. They were allowed to stay. And so they became the eastern band of the Cherokee Nation. Um, and it split the nation. It, it split, it took them out of their homeland, um, relocated them. Uh, the loss of life and then, of course, um, intergenerational trauma. Um, you know, I have a great-great-grandmother that died on the Trail of Tears, you know. And... And so, did I know her? No. Do I know her name? Yes. Do I know her Dawes number? Yes. Except, where's the, I never had anybody come up and say, it's terrible what happened to your ancestors, you know. And so there's this distancing of it that, um, for Native people, what most people don't understand is things like the Trail of Tears, um, Wounded Knee 2, you know, Wounded Knee 1. Um, those Native American moments in time, um, Native people aren't over those yet. They're still, that's a very recent history to them. And so, you know, I mean, the, the name, you know, um, Trail of Tears actually came from the Cherokee. Um, they called it the place where we cried. Um, and there's all these great stories about people witnessing it. But for the tribe, what it did was, um, I try to illustrate it this way to people. How would you feel if your entire family was split in half and disrupted and some of you died in the process and nobody ever said foul or cried, you know, error in any way. So um, it's, a, it's a, you know, the repatriation of, of those kind of things, um, it, it's a current trauma. It's an issue with Indian people still. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, that's the biggest thing is um, most people in this country, Indians are long ago, the old Wild West kind of um, and with Indian people, these stories, just because of the, the way they happened and the unreconciled nature, um, they're still current. So. so kind of coming off of what you just said towards the end of that answer to the question, um, do you think that there's any way that the American government could help correct their actions against the Native Americans? I mean, the, the question of how do we make amends, how do we set things right is a big question. A lot of people... They hear that and immediately go, you know, there's no way we can give them all the land back or, you know, those. And that, that's really a, 
weak way to approach it. I mean, the, the biggest thing would just be to honor the treaties. That's number one. Um, United States never honored any treaty, um, at least in whole part. Um, if that were to happen, would it change the landscape of the United States of America? Yes. The Black Hills would be the great Sioux Nation, you know. Um, and that whole thing is still, they've offered billions of dollars to the Sioux for that because they know they're violated the treaty and Sioux don't want the money, they want the land. And so <clears throat> that would be the way to do it, would be um, politically honor the Constitution, which, you know, you guys probably know states that treaties are the second highest law of the land, second to the Constitution only itself. So legally, yes. If the United States just, you know, I doubt our current administration would do this. Um, but if, if they came out and said, you know, we're going to honor every treaty that we ever made, um, that would do it. Is that feasible? No. <laughs> do I think it's going to happen? No. And that's maybe cynical. But that would be the way to do it. The other lesser than solution is just to let Native people um, have their sovereignty and exercise the sovereignty that, that they already have. It's not something we're going to give them, but leave them alone. Um, if, if they know exactly how to do things, if it wasn't for the bureaucracy and Bureau of Indian Affairs and Secretary of the Interior and that government overstructure, they'd be okay. But that would be the first step for me would be to, to really try to um, honor the treaties and in every way you could. There's going to be some ways that people, yeah, it would cause problems. But um, we'll either be a country that stands on the rule of law, you know, um, or we won't. And that's, that's a current right on the table thing. We're seeing the rule of law getting set aside um, quite a bit. But, yeah, that's, a, that's the first place. And if you're around Native communities much and Native people, you'll, in fact, there's a movement, you'll see posters. It kind of looks like the Obama Hope poster. Um, but it's a Native American caricature, and it says, honor the treaties. And so that's kind of a movement. Um, so that would be a first step. Likely, I doubt it. Um, cost too much money. All right, Charlie, you answered some great questions for us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and give us insight to what we hadn't talked about previously. I just wanted to exit our podcast by saying that I think it is important for our society to reexamine what occurred during this time because of the way the Native Americans were being treated. Many people of all ages still aren't sure about what happened to those poor people. The Native Americans were the first settlers in our country, and without them, we wouldn't have had the things we do today. I hope you learned something from listening to this podcast. Thank you all to who listened today, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you.